When the podcast was new and we burned like a fire, we had up to 10 listens a week, sometimes higher. Folks tuned in with wide open ears. They had more room for booze and they had less room for fears. They had no inhibitions to shore likes by taps. No, their number one podcast had to be Nightcaps, but they never knew nothing of us. It was before mm-hmm. the origin of the pod. The origin of the pod, the origin of the pod. And there were three hosts then. One looked like Oscar Wilde on drugs. His name was John. Dissimilar and stark, not quite Kent. Almost Clark was the next host. Hashtag hate Mark. And the last one was Matt. He scalped and kicked ass for the love of his AMC Stubbs movie pass. Ooh, the origin of the pod. Now iTunes grew mad at our bad jokes and defiance and said, I'm going to make them wish they were anonymous, not the one starring Mark Rylance. But Podbean said, no, let me diddle the system. Just like Kevin Spacey did with those kids, no one will miss them. So we got some bad press. The views went away, but guess what? Audience Nightcaps is here, and it is here that we'll stay. And Nightcaps goes on pouring shots that taste like fire, fire, fire. Put on some makeup. Turn up the tape deck and pull the wig down from the shelf. There can only be one thing we are watching tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between. It's John Cameron Mitchell's Hedvig and the Angry Inch from East Berlin to America with love. Eat your heart out, Debbie Boone. Six inches forward and five inches back. I got a, I got an Angry Inch. <laughs> Tell me who it was. Anyways. Should I reveal it? No. No. <laughs> no. no, well, not the movie, because I don't no, know No, that's part of the game, the challenge. Hmm. Uh, who has more movie knowledge than another one? Who listens to the other? And I know you two don't fucking listen to what? me. <laughs> and fucking all, so it we're, doesn't matter to me. What are you talking about? Every time I post something in the chat, you guys <laughs> I post, always... oh, did you hear this was revealed? I'm like, no, I, I just posted that. That happens once or twice. I always put a subtle twist on what you've already said. <laughs> yeah, shared. you're lucky I saw the gun in that Lana Del Rey tweet. <laughs> Anyways. Only after he pointed it out, though. Yeah, because I, I had yeah. to booze. I was drinking, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, and I didn't recognize Really? Me <laughs> drunk? I'll never tell. Uh, anyways, audience, welcome to a anonymous bush episode of Nightcaps at the theater. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're meeting up earlier in August just so we can get more episodes to you at the same time. We know you're listening. We know you love us. And, more uh, of the content you crave. <laughs> everyone loves this podcast. Oh, speaking of cravings, I'm hungry. 
Ooh. Well, congratulations on your new fasting diet, whoever yeah. you may be. Um, I support you <laughs> as long as you don't pass out in the streets. God. I, I, it, everything's just coming out the back end. We're just like, oh, no, that's just concentrated evil. I didn't. Oh, boy. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> Anyways. I was drinking. <laughs> who's here? I'm Sharon Tate's other plotline in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> I am the freshly hydrated Matt Cabrera. Uh, I'm back by unpopular demand, Mark Zebro Jr. Yes, <laughs> and you're listening to uh, Nightcaps at the Theater. We're at the tail, tail end of our Summer Lovin' Festival. We might get one more squeeze in, depending on how it, you know, how the chips lay down on this. I love a good squeeze. Uh, this movie has... Don't squeeze me, I'll fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The movie that we're going to pick tonight has no relation to a summer blockbuster. In fact, it's the exact opposite of a summer blockbuster. But a, I do a block do... blister. <laughs> Welcome to block blister. <laughs> this podcast better, much better. Well, Yiggy. I, I guess that's why we're all in the same room, aren't we? Yeah. Um, it's the exact opposite of a summer blockbuster. But I did fall in love with this movie during a summer of my life, and I've recently reconvened with this movie during this summer. So I guess I found some love in the summer, and ah. <laughs> or, or loving in the summer. Yeah. Um, do you want your hints? you want to guess? Please. Alright. First hint. I'm trying to decide on the order. Is gummy bearshin. Right. Gummy bearshin. Second hint, the origin of love. Third hint, it's based on a musical. And fourth hint is 2001. Okay. So it's a bit more modern than what you might expect from the common... We're watching Jonathan Moulin Rouge again. <laughs> if only. Not. God, no, uh, I, I think I have a good inkling of what it is. Yeah? Do you listen to me on a normal basis? I don't know. I think Mark should have a good inkling on this, being that he acts the most among us and I should mean, know about this musical, supposedly. I, I don't know if he would like it if it's what I'm thinking of, though. Well, I don't know... If either of you will like it, but I love this movie, so we're watching it. You said 2001. Are you, are you, can you specify in terms of release year? 2001. That's it. That's, that's all you're going to give? Yeah. Like a month? What, what or movie like, was? Did, 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 did it the come out? The time, the second <laughs> that it came out? Did, it, did, did the movie come out in 2001? The did, movie did, did came the out music? in 2001, but something might have been around a little bit before then, if that's what you're thinking. You know, as movie musicals often do, they don't usually come out the same year that the musical premiered on Broadway or off Broadway. Okay, that's yeah. that's all needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna judge you whether you get this right or wrong, Damn just it. so you know. Gummy Bearshin. Gummy Bearshin. Origin <laughs> of Love. If you need more hints, I'll give them to you. I need another hint. You need another hint. Should I guess? No, let me give my other hints so you guys can get that. Uh, uh, how deep should I go in these hints? Um, there was a, a recent Broadway premiere, not revival. It wasn't on Broadway before this, starring Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. oh. I don't know this. Okay. All right, then. You should know this as an actor. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Well, I was guessing if it wasn't, because uh, I confused these two a lot. But I, I it's pretty, West Side Story. It's three hours long. We're watching it in an hour and a half, right? I was pretty sure it wasn't Love and Basketball. Ugh. No. I, I, confused, I confused that movie a lot with... Why would I pick Love and Basketball? <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, you wouldn't. I'm just saying I confused <laughs> that movie with Chicago. Chicago is a good movie musical. I'll give you That's, that. I thought yeah, I was on to something. Pretty adept with the uh, not, the theming to the original. Source. Not not the original love. I'll tell you that. It's though. not. The oh, original I don't know anything love. about it. Was yeah. it. I thought it was a love story. Yeah. Well, you 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 said Neil Patrick Harris. So Broadway. you should probably know this. Yeah, uh, being I, that it was Neil Patrick Harris Broadway debut. I assume. Really? Yeah, I think Wait, so. Wait, how how far back are we talking, actually? Just a few years. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I, Hedwig? It's, we are watching. Let me get into the fridge, that Matt. <laughs> he's, he's pulling a, a Blu-ray, a Criterion Blu-ray from the fridge. Hedwig and the Angry Inch tonight on my caps at the theater. One of my favorite musicals that I rediscovered this summer, thanks to the Criterion Blu-ray release. Nice. Um, yeah, I love this. Has are you familiar? Not one bit. I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it before, and in, in any format. A couple of Hedwig virgins tonight <laughs> on the podcast. I love that. All right, so let's get into some facts. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a 2001 American musical comedy drama film written for the screen and directed and starring John Cameron Mitchell. Based on Mitchell's and Stephen Trask's stage musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch, it accompanies Hedwig Robinson, a genderqueer East German singer of a fictional rock band. Mitchell reprises his role as Hedwig from the original production. So mm. he's written, starred, done everything with this. He's wow. toured around the world, still famous for this in his day. Um, despite largely positive reviews from critics and audiences, the film was a box office bomb, grossing only $3.6 million from an estimated $6 million budget. The musical has since developed into a devoted cult following, so I'm back on my bullshit, baby, with the cult movies. Yeah, they always do. I feel like musicals always find a new home at some point. It depends on the musical, <laughs> right? Mm-mm. No one's clamoring for a King Kong movie musical. Well, time will tell. <laughs> In 2001, the film won the Best Director and Audience Awards at the Sundance Film Festival, as well as Best Directorial Debut from the National Board of Review, the Gotham Awards, and the Los Angeles Film Critics Association. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and the Premier Magazine Performance of the Year Award, plus many other awards and nominations. Uh, Personally, this is super close to the original source material. Um, it used to be just filmed in a, not filmed, uh, performed in a hotel, kind of cabaret-esque setting where John huh. Cameron Mitchell would give a monologue or songs based upon this original character's Hedvig's life and perform it for an audience. Uh, but I think it's a really close adaptation of what the Broadway musical would then become with slight differences, but it's close enough to hold a cigar in my book. Uh, Mitchell has been approached during, uh, Mitchell had been approached during the off-Broadway run of the musical with the offer to adapt Hedvig into a film, he developed parts of the script at the Sundance Film Labs. Later, the film was entered into the Sundance Film Festival. According to the DVD commentary, and I thought that uh, Matt would find this particularly interesting, most of the lead vocals were recorded live Ooh. as the scenes were shot to capture the intensity of a live performance. And awesome. they stuck to that, something that I always love. I love a live singer. Of course. I love when you can, let's do it live. Um, the live recording of Hedwig's Lament, which you'll get to later, is the version of the film soundtrack, despite most of the songs being studio recorded for the album. So one song. Glory. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> one song before I go. I don't think we'll ever watch Rent no, on No, please, no. I'm not a big Rent head, I'm, so I don't I, think you have any fear for that. <laughs> that's good. My Akita, Avita. 
Michael. Maybe, maybe Brent Live will watch just so horrible <laughs> it is. Listen, <laughs> just uh, to torment you. Yikes. Uh, who has a, a copy of that burnt, burnt somewhere? <laughs> I'm sure it's on Hulu. No, you don't. Get out. I'll never tell. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Fox will hunt you down um, if you ever distribute that. Also, just uh, some last-minute shout-outs for John Cameron Mitchell. His life is really cool and elucidating. He's been on a couple podcasts that I've listened to. Uh, Cotty and Craig's Whimsically Volatile. Uh, he's done a lot of TV and film work. Plus, he has an awesome podcast that you have to pay for in some parlance. Uh, it's called <laughs> Anthem, and it's a similar vein to this show where he plays a character narrating his own life and going through his own experiences. But I hear it's a really good podcast, hmm. and I may or may not have listened to it. Um, all right. Well, that's all my intro notes. Do we have any intro thoughts before going into the movie? What do you think you could expect? What are your, you know, have you heard of this in pop culture? Uh, I, I, I was almost all over it. That's my phone going off. Uh, <laughs> when it, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've done it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't do too much of a deep dive, I think, when, when, uh, cause when I was making headlines uh, with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm excited to go on for a blind uh, watch or for this listen. movie. Yeah. yeah, let's hope it has subtitles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no clue what to expect from this. Um, I've heard the name before. I thought it was like a book originally. <laughs> um, no. I, I'd, I'd heard the name, and I just can't help but think of owls when i hear yeah because like i gotta say i really that's what i think of that yeah. so i'm assuming well, you know how, Hed- how many owls Hedvig will there be the owl was named after someone right but will there be owls in this movie there are unfortunately no owls in this well yeah i don't think there are any i owls think i'm out movie. then no archimedes <laughs> archimedes uh, sword in the stone are you a fan i was i was actually referencing um uh Clash of the Titans. That mechanical <laughs> owl. I like how different. But Sword of the Stone is good. I do like that movie. I fucking hate you, boy. What? <laughs> Both those movies are classics in their own right. <laughs> you shared the same mind with me. Uh, but some final thoughts for me. I, uh, I've watched this movie more than I care to admit this summer. I want to say at least ten times. Damn. Well, you've watched it? Yeah. And summer is Since like halfway over. And it came out in the middle of summer. Okay. So I'm kind of obsessed with this movie. Just Very so nice. You know, we can Fair. Go. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know what to say. The musical's really taken me. I didn't see it with Neil Patrick Harris, but I or, I may know where you can find a, a video or audio recording of some such performance. At Fathom Events. <laughs> if you pay the Cranford Theater thirty dollars <laughs> extra, maybe they'll show you. Or if you go to the Lincoln Center Library and say you're there for research, you know you could do that, Mark. Can I? Yeah, as a student, you can go watch <gasps> performances that have been recorded I gotta get on Broadway, <laughs> etc. You just have to make an appointment. True. All right. Well, having fun isn't hard. If you've got a library card, are you an Arthur fan? I haven't watched Arthur in a, in a, in a long time. I think I we d- should uh, limit this podcast down to two. <laughs> well, you know what was making the rounds recently was Arthur's uh, Mr. parody of The Sopranos. Uh, what? The, yeah. the Altos. Yeah, The Altos! <laughs> Wait, isn't that... No, The Altos was from Proud That's, Family. They both made uh, the same joke, joke basically. Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, in Arthur, it's actually it was like showing you how bleeping is done on TV. 
on like live TV with the little push yeah, button. I remember that. And uh, uh, yeah, it's just like a bunch of Italian gangsters, I, I, anthropomorphic ones. I do remember the parody of like all the raunchy cartoons, like South Park and Beavis and Butthead. I don't and know. There Arthur was a specific episode when they did this. Oh wow! I guess yeah. maybe they use like it. the actual. The they use like the actual animation, like that, like Trey Park, uh, Trey Matt's, uh, uh, you know, cut. Oh cut yeah, out yeah, style. yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah, I, I mean, cool. I'm an, I could do an Arthur podcast. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen every non-modern episode. R.I.P. Uh, Ratburn's wedding. I missed it. Yeah, so I'm, I'll catch it. On the <laughs> I wasn't invited. But you caught <laughs> you caught the reactions. Yeah, it's all that matters. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess we'll go from Arthur to actually watching this movie, and we'll find out why you can't put a bra in a dryer. Mm. Yeah, mm. the more you know. Stay tuned for Hedvig and the Angry Angel. Six inches forward and five inches back. We're an back. Angry inch. With an angry inch. I got uh, an angry itch. We watched Hedvig <laughs> and the Angry Inch. What did you think about it? Initial thoughts before we get into the film. That was uh, pretty good. That was really good, actually. Yeah. Really good. Really, really entertaining. What? My good taste. <laughs> <laughs> grows <laughs> another point today oh no, he's becoming more powerful <laughs> my head swells somebody stop him <laughs> um yeah i like this movie a lot as you could tell by me watching it at least 12 times yelling the quotes in my face before they even come on screen yeah i'm sorry i had to be that guy in the theater but you know i love this fucking movie mm-hmm. and it really um it sticks with me so i'm glad you appreciated it <laughs> Should we get into the plot? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. All right. So before it was a film, it was a musical at the Jane Street Theater. John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask created the character Hedvig. Mitchell Don Drag for the first time speaking in character and telling Hedvig's story between songs written and played by Stephen Trask. Uh, this was the first drag performance act that had a storyline, live singing, and a live band with original material. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Before the Stone Age, yeah. Unless the caveman did it. <laughs> Wait, when was the production around? 2001. Wow. Well, before. Oh. 1999. That's still very recent. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, we begin the film with the America the Beautiful intro. Yeah, I thought I was into it already. I got a Hendrix vibes. I was like, this is, this is yeah. great. It takes a lot of uh, inspirations from, like, you know, like different rock bands, which I appreciate. I mean, the first thing that pops in my head as soon as they come on screen is Twisted Sister. So Yeah. And Hedvig and the Angry Inch are performing at a series of restaurants and dives across America. Uh, Hedvig's cape and the title sequence mimics the Berlin Wall, complete with Yankees Go Home. Graffiti on Hedvig's right side and with me on Hedvig's left side. Mm. So a little bit of costume design to go into these notes. Very nice. Yeah, yeah very interesting. I love Hedvig. I think she's uh, an appreciative character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going in. Uh, we get the first song, Tear Me Down. Unlike most musical films, as I said, this musical uh, has segments that are only partly filmed on playback. 
John Cameron Mitchell, lead singer, didn't want to have a lip sync lines in the music and the band playing when recorded in the studio. Uh, they played back on set and sang live. His vocals were recorded and then mixed later in with recording, making it sound like they were performing live. Okay. okay. Yeah, so Hedvig herself was performing live. <laughs> and the other instrumentals were not. I figured, because there, you know, there are moments when things get a little rowdy on stage. Yeah. yeah. Them to keep up. Uh, however, on the soundtrack, the vocals were mixed to sound as if they were recorded as in studio as opposed to on set. The Hedvig logo is seen as the bass drum, bass drum uh, head. <laughs> well, there are fish yeah. to come. As opposed to the poster and video cover is based that of percussion instrument manufacturer Ludwig. So the Hedvig oh. style is in the same <laughs> style as Ludwig drums. Nice. Yeah. Um, I thought Matt would like this because they have a very diagenic songs yeah. that are sung live. And I know that's Matt's kink. That's up my alley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we begin in the Kansas City Motel with Yitzhak brushing wigs. He tries one on, although it is not clear in the movie. In the musical Hedvig, uh, she describes how much how she agreed to marry Yitzvak, a Jewish drag queen from uh, Zagreb, Croatia, only after extracting a promise from him never to do drag again. So Yitzvak in the movie is played by a woman. And in most studio productions, this role was played by a woman as well mm -hmm. to give more of the, the gender fuck. Mm. You know, <laughs> what's going on in this scenario. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I misheard that or... Um... It, it's supposed to be a man, but it's played by a woman? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Because it's... I think Lena Hall played the woman Yitzbeck on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it kind of confuses you a little bit, takes you for like kind of a... Uh, run because it's it's clearly a woman uh, from from voice. I, I, Is it clearly a woman from, from voice? Yeah, from you know. voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as she, like especially when she starts singing, like I I was immediately I was getting like bikini vibe, uh, bikini kill vibes <laughs> from her because I don't know I just like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was that's one of my favorite uh, genres of music to to listen to. Riot and, uh, girl. Yeah, I love it. Right, <laughs> no, rebel girl. You know, like I was getting a pixie lot of that. Pixie girl, pixie man and dream girl. No. Yitzvak. <laughs> um, so, at the same time, Hedvig seems to be afraid of Yitzvak becoming more feminine. And she is afraid that Yitzvak is going to be paid more attention to her than her. Uh, and she resents this treatment to her. Uh, to further the mu musical's theme of blurred gender lines, Yitzvak is always played by a woman in the stage and studio productions. Mm. Um, and we get... <laughs> Yitzvak is kind of combing hair in this hotel room. Yeah. And we get that she wants to be a woman again, as opposed right. to Hedvig going, no, don't do that, when Hedvig walks in. That's uh, a little bit why it's confusing. Like, uh, I guess I conflated what the storyline is supposed to be with yeah. Yitzvak wanting to be the center stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess that's, that's the like point. part uh, of it. She's got a better voice, and Hedvig is afraid of, like, her usurping her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I didn't get like the drag queen stuff at all. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're supposed to from the movie. You need to watch more drag, yeah. so you understand. <laughs> um, and we get this elucidating out of many head big lines. I was gonna go for the eyes, but she offered me a fucking hug. <laughs> yeah. Describing her fans. I, I really like the line. Um, let me see. She came at me from both sides somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I. 
I thought we'd get more like that's not really poetic, but it's it's uh, I, it's a unique style of speaking I, that I kind of wish we got more of. I took it as if like she was seeing double because she was drunk. So uh, that's yeah. that's the way I kind of uh, looked at it, where it's like, oh yeah, oh, she's like seeing too. double, like the same woman yeah. come at both sides. So. I, I could see that's that true. and some jealousy going on like this mm-hmm. could be the woman that usurps me she's younger and more beautiful I was, oh I was talking about the the oh. line in particular yeah mm-hmm. oh well <laughs> okay um so Hedwig walks in with Yitzhak wearing a wig and the song on the television in the background is Random Number Generation which is a song from the original stage show sung from Yitzhak's point of view to Hedvig. Uh, this is cut for time. Uh, yeah. It's big in the show, though. <laughs> just so you know. It's a short and movie, though. We meet Tommy Gnosis, uh, who is singing the exact same songs as Hedvig. No, it's uh, Gnosis. No, it's, it's Gnosis. It's not Gnosis. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. I gotta say, I didn't know what Gnosis meant for a long time. Knowledge. <laughs> you should learn up on your Latin, shouldn't you? He said Greek. <sighs> The, the story depicted in the song Origin of Love is from Plato's Symposium, in which Aristophanes gives a speech about love being a product of the need to reunite with another self before being split up in two as punishment for conspiring to usurp the gods of Olympus. Uh, just so you know where the origin of love came from, the, the title song of this little ditty. This is the song that everybody knows oh, yeah. from hearing Hedvig and the Angry Inch, and it's my number one karaoke go-to song. <laughs> I think uh, this is my favorite from the whole from the whole movie, from everything we got. It was really good, and I love how it uh, unf- how the story of it unfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's a good it's a rocker. Um, I took very very few notes, and a lot of it has to deal with like the. Um, uh, the animation, the hand-drawn style that goes yeah, along with it. Cause that, there we go. Because that that it truly involves in terms of like the storytelling aspect of the both of Hedwig and like the music that he's uh, convey, or she's conveying here. So uh, it's uh, it's it's very effective. I mean, I, I I dig it really, and yeah, it it's a close second in terms of uh, my favorite out of this uh, uh, in terms of the music that's in this movie. So. Mm, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Why are you giving me these looks for? I'm just interested in your takes on this film. Okay. Like, I've never seen you Hedvig versions before. True. Very interested to see what you think. <laughs> um, so, um, after the origin of love, we get basically... Mm, let me see. Hedvig logo. I, I put down there's diagenic songs. Yep. Basically, they're sung from the point of view as Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in their uh, Bilgewater estate. <laughs> they're touring Bilgewaters across America. That's a good uh, running gag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Kansas City Motel. Uh, Yitzvig is brushing wigs, as we said. Um, becoming more feminine. Feminine. <laughs> to, for the musical theme. To be I have a note that says, yeah. open the door to the stadium. And I don't know what that oh, is in reference Oh, I know what to. that means. <laughs> because... Uh, Basically, she's uh, performing in these Bridgewaters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she opens the yeah. door and she's like, Tommy Gnosis, who stole every song from me, yeah. is playing right next door. Yeah, and opens was, this uh, stadium door <laughs> to where we hear him singing Origin of Love at the I, same time. Or yeah. it, Tear Me Down. The yeah. the early parts of this film, especially when we got up to here, I think it's a good use of exposition. Because uh, basically we're following uh, Hedwig's uh, trail of... 
trying to get revenge or uh, or something against Tommy here. Mm-hmm. And the slideshow is very effective here. And, and it's almost like one of those kind of like little banter, like uh, uh, inter- like interludes uh, into the next song. So I think it's it's, it's a good uh, use of storytelling, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Comes off really natural. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Gnosis is singing the exact same songs, posing. Stephen Trask, who wrote the songs and score for the film, also provides the singing voice for Tommy, just so you know. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Loveless Relationship, Andrea Martin as Hedvig's manager, Phyllis Stein. Uh, she's not in the original stage production. We get this PETA gag, and when it comes to huge openings, a lot of people think of me, which I find <laughs> as one of Hedvig's uh, wittiest lines. And it's a few different uh, rim shot moments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hedvig has been seen with Tommy Gnosis suing him for stealing the songs and Phyllis is helping out with the goodness of her heart slash charmed by Hedvig as we are the audience. We all love Hedvig. Mm -hmm. Um, Chasing Tommy wanting to get some positive publicity. Hedvig and Yitzhak sleep and there's a sexual abuse slash loveless marriage scene kind of i mean uh we uh, it makes more sense later as, as to like you know because you made the comments of like how come there's no uh thrusting noises no <laughs> sex noises yeah so and i would i would think that would be the opposite in terms of hedwig's favor like more in terms of receiving than giving i think here i mean i don't know why yeah. i think it's more just because of like what we find out later about hedwig mm-hmm. that makes a little bit more sense too so i don't know mm-hmm. um but yeah, here, yeah, you, can, you can go on. Sorry. All right, so we get introduced to Hansel Schmidt's life, where he was abaron- abandoned by an American GI father mm-hmm. and basically raised in a tiny apartment in East Germany after the wall went up. Mm-hmm. So there's this give and take with Hedwig's character. Are we supposed to hate them? Are we supposed to love them? I don't know. It, it, they've got a rough life going through them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, we're definitely supposed to sympathize with their childhood and uh, adolescence growing up. Right. And I think so, too. We uh, then get introduced to Origin of Love, which is an uh, animated sequence, as Mm -hmm. Mark pointed out. And the story depicted in the Origin of Love is from Plato's Symposium, in which Aristophanes gives a speech about love being a product of the need to reunite with one's other half. Oh, you said that already. Uh, Oh, did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Being split up by the gods of Olympus, uh, searching for love, soulmates... And our missing self, uh, Hedwig's fans in foam wigs, which I all need. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and deny me and be doomed is a quote directly from this movie. It wasn't written on the Berlin Wall in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. been taken up in the canon that it's been uh, written on the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and I put there's a scene between Hedwig and Yitzhak being surrounded by bandmates as they sleep together. I found that kind of sort of poetic. Mm. At the same time, mm. you know, framed in like um, a Renaissance painting sort of way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Half face tattoo. We get this flashback to East Berlin. Uh, we get Hedwig talking with his mother. Mm-hmm. With uh, he died for our sins, and so did Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Which I, I, the... I do like the late response, like, huh? <laughs> Watching the uh, Jesus Was Good program. Yeah. My favorite program, Jesus Was Good. <laughs> and the Berlin Wall goes up and listens to the radio. Uh, Mother made me play in the oven. Uh, it, and it's all shot in faded blues, almost like it's the depressive state of Hedvig. Yeah. Before she's, you know, reclaimed her power, which I find interesting. 
And those bands, those American bands, left uh, a deep an impression on me as that oven rack did on my face, <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines. I, I like, this is one of my favorite shots, to be honest. It's just like uh, her head, like uh, go, like back and back between uh, like her as, uh, as a boy, and then her, uh, her here, and then like the camera keeps turning, but like as like a new uh, point in her life comes about. And then it keeps turning and turning as if like it's it's more of like a a cycle that's that's happening here and mm. it's it's very very useful in terms of the storytelling aspect yeah. uh, that uh, she's giving here. So it's, it's it's I like it. I like it. Yeah, she threw tomatoes at me, <laughs> and I made a salad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that line. I do love that line too. Uh, we <laughs> then get a flash forward to Hedvig performing at the Mensa's Fair Music Festival. Which is, I assume, a fair for a woman, you know, an yeah. only woman, yeah, a folk like, music uh, festival. Women and women only. Kind of like a Lilith, Lilith's fair? Yeah, almost. You know, and yeah. she's by the porta potties playing for the one goth punk that's there to listen to her. The show must go on. I do yeah. like that uh, opening pan shot like, the of all the porta potties. Yeah. Yeah. And then you finally see her stage. <laughs> And we find out that it's the late mid eighties, and Hedvig is in her early twenties. And we find out that she got expelled from university for writing a essay entitled "You Conf, You Always Get What You Want." Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, 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 I spelled like uh, K A N T P H. No, this is no uh, K. Kant. No, you, you oh, it's Kant. Kant. You Kant. Yeah. Oh, I thought it like was a, like you Emmanuel Kant. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I've seen the good place. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what to spell. Uh, we then meet Sergeant Luther Robinson who finds Hedvig bathing his little bishop in a turtle's neck, which is a very appropriate gag where we get a little bishop bathing in a turtleneck and takes immediate interest to him, uh, fill that cavity. Uh, They're interested in, you know, boinking one another. And Hedvig sings um, Sugar Daddy, the song. Mm -hmm. And we get the gag, It's a car wash, baby! That's pretty good. Well, uh, right before the song, you know, we see it where it's like, oh, like when Robinson takes like an interest in in Hedwig, or it's like, uh, or it's like, oh, right, here's some gummy bears. Like, oh, Hansel, you must love some candy. Gummy bearshin. You must love candy. So, like, then Hedwig freaks out in a panic, and then leaves a trail of gummy bears. Then that leads her right back, and there's more candy, more candy, and then like the the image of Robinson laying down, just full of uh, treats. Yeah, and his- I found, oh, yeah. you know, some smart tarts, <laughs> a Hershey's bar, and a full down Luther. Yeah. Mm. Which, uh, you could have timed that better, I guess, waiting for him to come by, I guess. You timed it better? I think it was perfect timing. I don't know. I'm reveal. saying you, you couldn't have timed it better. You yeah, know? well, I think it was all part of Luther's plan to yeah. get young Hansel into his clutches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car wash gag in the Sugar Daddy number was a choreographic artifact from the original show, and it's still used nowadays. Usually, the main player of Hedwig will go out into the audience and give him the old car wash and exclaim, <laughs> It's a car wash! Mm-hmm. Just so you know. It's nice. fun. It's a fun gag. I like it. Yeah. Uh, during the show's original run, there was a designated car wash chair, and the <laughs> celebrity slash audience members that would be placed there would participate in this number. At the 2014 Tony Awards, Neil Patrick Harris reenacted the scene with Orlando Bloom. Oh. Just so you know. Ah, That's cool. Yeah. It's a car wash, baby. (laughs) Just so you know. Um, Orlando Bloom at the Tonys. Yeah, he was on Broadway during the time, I think. Huh. 
I don't remember what show. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm too drunk to remember. <laughs> uh, oh, what were we drinking? Speaking Whoa. of... My God, you're supposed to remind me. <laughs> uh, we were drinking during this podcast. Were we? Some... <laughs> I had a stimulant and a depressant. <laughs> we were drinking some vermouth on the rocks, which Hedwig does later on in the film. Mm-hmm. I suggested this drink not only because it's suggested in the film, but because Hedwig is so poor during this time in her life. That vermouth is the only thing that she could afford. And vermouth <laughs> is about 6.98 per big bottle right there. God damn. Wow. So it's not a powerful liquor, but it's very sweet. It's not one of my favorites. Just so you know. Yeah, that's that's a tough lifestyle to maintain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling, guys. I'm struggling. Uh, Hedvig revels in the relationship to her mother. Uh, who is down for this relationship between Luther. But they all realize when Luther reveals that there's a physical exam before uh, going into the American state, uh, to be free of oneself, one must gives up a little part of oneself at the same time. Just Mm. so you know. Whack! Yikes! (laughs) And then we get the uh, penultimate theme of this film Hedvig and the Angry Inch a yeah. song entitled The Angry Inch one of my favorite numbers in this in this show yeah just because just I, I love describe the, it I love the energy yeah and I, I love how like it's punk I love how matter of fact it is too you yeah. know there's there's really nothing <laughs> telling you otherwise like what what is she talking about up there oh, I yeah, think, there's I think shots to the crowd like mm-hmm. a little bit horrified a, gas, a little bit in yeah. this Bridgewater exactly. what's going on this this restaurant <laughs> looks something like a I, I mean uh, probably like a, a Quaker steak to me <laughs> yeah just because of the big boy that sat right up front yeah. and I'm like oh yeah you like to eat don't you yikes <laughs> Yeah, because was this in Texas uh, this time around? I forget where we were I, right now. I can only assume it was somewhere in the deep south, but yeah. uh, oh. either like Kansas, Texas, or St. Louis, one of those. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I love this line: uh, six inches, six inches front, five inches back. Six inches forward and Four. five inches back. I got a angry inch. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. it's great. I love. I just love the 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 angstiness. The the the. The, the rage the rage yeah. yeah it's it's it really gets to you and then we get a nice uh f bomb here yeah. or well not nice <laughs> not, but, well first uh, we get fuck. first day as a woman and already that time of the month yeah that's good. i got an angry itch <laughs> some really good writing I, yeah. I love it where my penis used to be where my vagina never was yeah. it was an angry i love itch. it like say you're a like a barbie doll down there yeah yeah, yeah. it's whew, imagery and then we do get the F-bomb, yep. which hits hard, and mm-hmm. then Yitzbach goes... What'd you say? <laughs> in on the crowd, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Hedvig is just performing, like, this is normal, everyday thing. And, uh, Matt, you were like, "How? where's the guitar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Play the guitar. All the band members do get off stage and start, you know, uh, rioting, basically. Well, yeah. this, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a movie, but, like, it, it, I was thought of like just like midsummer it's kind of like a fairy tale here you know it's and in, in a really good way especially yeah. it shows a little bit later on too yeah that uh that i really like so it's an interesting musical uh mm-hmm. brooklyn area doom metal pioneers a type o negative covered angry itch on their 2003 album hmm. titled life is killing me 
for the music hipsters on the podcast, just mm-hmm. so you know. Nice. Yitzfak slash Hedwig fans, barroom brawl over the F-bomb. And then we get the scene with Hedwig flying away, like artistic yeah. art over the wall into America and mm-hmm. into a dead relationship, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite films. She she flies and it's this a church song playing, yep. you know, um, it, a song honoring God. If I was more sober on a Catholic mind. A I'd song be, honoring God? I never heard of one. <laughs> Have you been to church? <laughs> Uh, and she lands in this easy chair with Luther looking at her with another bottom boy going, it, old news, baby. She shit got happens. Yep. Yikes. Oof. And the wall comes down at the same time that she's been transported over. So it's like, why did I even come over at the same time? And Hedvig is trapped again. And we get another iconic song in this movie musical, uh, Wig in a Box. Mm-hmm. And it's about loving oneself. It's my wig in a box. (laughs) Basically, where Hedvig goes, you know, I'm going to put on this wig even though I'm alone and I'm going to become the woman that I am. Uh, Yitzhak comes in wearing a chef's hat with the Hebrew letters on it. And the letters spell chef in Hebrew, which is pronounced and means the same in Hebrew as English. So, Mm. Ah, you know, a chef. (laughs) Uh, I put down this my favorite uh, set design in the film because the trailer home becomes a stage where they kick down a wall yeah. and then they perform. Yeah. That was good. It's good. I love it. It's it's almost like uh almost like a dollhouse. So like uh, that's to the fact where it's like these are wigs and they're <laughs> playing makeup. They're like I put on some makeup. That's so true. It's really good. I like it and it makes it really look, feel like an actual show is happening too because. Wall comes down, hits the plot. You see the amps in the background. I love it. It's almost like Hedvig is taking her life and making it, you know, performance quality right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get, while John Cameron Mitchell is singing, he breaks a light, which is a very character choice. Yeah, Yeah. I saw that. Kicks a light and he's like, what did I do? (laughs) Oh, I'm going to dance anyway, right? (laughs) Hope this was was, uh, the first take. Yeah. I, I don't know about that, but I think it's very punk rock and fits in the style of yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. I was expecting uh, more lights to be broken, but yeah, it's like uh, I'm down, kind of down. glad they didn't. I was like <laughs> dreading it, like, oh, don't break anymore. <laughs> um, at the same time, we meet Hedvig's Pass, where we meet Tommy Gnosis, mm-hmm. who's been stealing the songs no, from Hedvig no, in to- Rhode Island. Tommy Specht. Well, uh, we get to that in a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's denied at the storefront. And all freak out, including Andrea McMartin as the, Mm -hmm. you know, the manager. And Yitzhak is seen wearing a Rent sweatshirt and later decides to audition for the role of Angel in Rent 2005, which Mark knows all too well. Absolutely. Which we probably won't watch on this podcast because it's not one of my favorite musicals, but it's there and it makes sense. Um, In real life, John Cameron Mitchell was originally offered the role of Angel on Broadway but had to turn it down as he was doing Hedvig at the same time. Oh. Yeah. Mm, Just so you can imagine, you know, John Cameron Mitchell on Broadway doing the role of Angel. Wow. I could see it. Has he done anything else besides uh, Hedvig? I haven't checked his IMDb. He is... He's done a lot of movies and TV, but he's running on Hedvig. Mm. He just recently (laughs) performed at like a... um, What do you say when the mayor wants a party? A ball? A mayor's ball? Yeah, kind of, sort of. 
I agree a, with that. A, a he, gala, a diamond jubilee. I think it was the 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 California ball that he performed at. Okay. The coconut S-head bangers Vig, ball, and it was a, a sold out event. That's interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. think uh, politicians of all people would be into the kind of counterculture, especially De Blasio. It is <laughs> California, just so you know. That's true. Yeah, that is true. And we get the infamous line, you don't put a bra on a dryer! Mm-hmm. It warps! <laughs> and this poor bandmate is crying. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> what, what did I do? <laughs> and I, I really like that. Um, uh, then she tries to meet up with Tommy Gnosis at this FYE or whatever they're meeting at. <laughs> yeah. And she's not on a the Sam, list. A Sam Goody. Yeah. yeah, and she gets in a fight with her manager like, oh, I wrote every fucking song on that album, you need to let me in! No, man, I don't think we do. <laughs> and then she's regaling fans drunk on a pile of tires. Mm-hmm. And all the people I've come upon in my trials, I have to think about all of those who have come upon me. Mm. <laughs> Wit. Um, Tommy, do you hear me from this milkless tit? You've sucked the very business we call show. Yeah. Yeah. Airing her grievances out into the world. Uh, Tommy Gnosis is a boy that Hedvig babysat and gave odd blowjobs to during her young age. <laughs> Yikes. 17 years old this kid was, right? He was down for it. And opposed. It's, uh, it's legal in some states. <laughs> some Midwest, sure, why not? Yeah, probably. Uh, Tommy Gnosis was Tommy Speck, a Christian nerd, and she was babysitting, and at the same time she gives her or him the old hand job in the tub <laughs> and leaves her card which I always find dramatic like here's uh, my name I think I know who this actor is too I think he's he's been in a bunch of stuff do you? I, um, speak sister Margaret did look I a little speak. familiar um, there was a movie that came out some a few years back with Tim Roth uh, called Funny Games or something like this where basically like two psychopaths come in and murder this family yeah but, based on the Swedish film yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's something but uh, you know, he's been in a bunch of stuff too. Are you so. sure? I sure. think it's the same actor. This is, uh, Michael Pitt, who yes. has been in Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think I actually remember him. From yeah, I, I do remember. That sounds him. like him yeah. from my Wikipedia viewings. Yep, Funny Games. I, yeah, I knew it. There you go. Ghost in the Shell. Twenty seventeen. Who was he? A ghost in the Shell. <laughs> the Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> I don't oh. know. It wasn't Scarlett Johansson. What are you talking about? She could play anybody, even a tree. <laughs> I'd so, like. I'd like to see that. A tree. Yeah. <laughs> Sure as a tree. I mean, Bill Murray was. <laughs> In what movie? Oh, uh, this is a joke, but like he, uh, it was um the movie version of Get Smart, when it was just like Bill Murray, but it's like he's disguised in a tree. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's a walk-on role. <laughs> so Hedvig is playing at the laundromats with a Korean backup band, which I find extremely interesting. We get the line, Kurt Cobain, that kid's got a future, <laughs> and it's funny. But a dark comedy. Yeah. yeah. And then we get Wicked Little Town, one of the prominent songs of this show. Yeah. Dedicated to watching Tommy. You know, it's a song they've been working on together. And finding yourself in a brutal world. Mm. And I just like the staging with uh, Hedvig at the laundromat, just singing aloud to the crowd. <laughs> to Tommy. Uh, Hedvig then trains Tommy, giving him the name Tommy Gnosis, Greek for knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the montage of Hedvig giving Tommy his rock education, Tommy is seen wearing a Hotel Riverview t-shirt. The Hotel Riverview New York was the home of the original stage show for several years. Hmm. So it's an interesting plug. Um, Bottle Over Teenage Girl. 
Um, oh, we should say why he uh, he gives the name uh, Gnosis to because of knowledge because he tells Hedwig about like the story of Adam and Eve and how it's kind of fucked up where it's like they just wanted to know it was only his father man that wanted him to do wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I would like to listen to, to him preach I think I think he's got some good stuff you got a real <laughs> Charles Manson vibe going on over there he's got yeah. some daddy oh, issues oh yeah a little uh, uh, <laughs> waiting for a sh- uh, swastika to paint between your eyes <laughs> instead of that we get a, a cross yeah close Mm. Yeah, but I, I like this line like there were teenage girls and then Hedvig smashes a bottle and is like mm. Go away! Go away, bitch. Yep. I like it. Um but love is immortal. Uh, uh eventually they outgrow some monster trucks in Wichita and we get this Whitney scene next door. And I <laughs> will always love you. Does this song go on forever? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Basically, it does. And it's just a random woman, like, next door, singing out of a window in the rain. And there's just I, no explanation, no justification for it. It's just I, I, so dramatic. I was almost about to get mad where it's like, oh, this is the falling out between them because he finds this woman well, so kinda, attractive. It kind of sort of is. Yeah, like, he doesn't know yet. Yeah, he's a very naive child. <laughs> A very naive boy, yeah. some would yep. say. Um, uh, John's Cameron Mitchells mentions that Pitt was sometimes uncomfortable with the prolonged kissing scenes, uh, complaining <laughs> about being scratched by Mitchell's stubble. Mitchell mentioned that Pitt consuming onion and garlic uh, directly before their kissing scenes uh, multiple times. Oh, so, wow. So, you know, it was a, a bit of a get back. Pitt would consume garlic and onions <laughs> and say, you have to kiss me. Oh, my Lord. breath is going to fucking stink during this time. Oh my god. Ugh. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, while they're kissing, the walls open and Tommy discovers her angry itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wait, Matt. You, um. Before, oh. before we talk about oh, this. Oh, wait, Matt. My least favorite sentence <laughs> no, no, in no, the no. human description. <laughs> no, because, like, we both. I mean, we all like this, but, like, he, uh, you pointed out the, the framing when, when um, Hedwig shows in the mirror. Yeah. And this relates back to half and oh, half. Yeah, yeah like how that relates back to the to the actual image, the half and half. It's it's really really done well because yeah. you know that I think that has a some different um, themes behind it as well that I dig. I, I, I couldn't tell you right now, but yeah. uh, it, who is the yeah. man behind the mask? Mm-hmm. Are we half and half? You or know? maybe like kind of craving that naive innocent childhood that uh tommy had as well mm-hmm. yeah and uh but really it's just like technically framed so well where like the where the cheek is uh, there's pretty much no gap and it's all seamless it's mm-hmm. eh, it's good it's <laughs> good give, cinematography i had right to give there. props to it yeah. yeah throughout the movie yeah um then we arrive in new york city present with they're all broke yeah Hedwig mm-hmm. and the angry just broke Yitzhak gets the role of angels and angel and rent on a Polynesian tour, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've got this." Uh, he wants a divorce from Hedvig, and then Hedvig nonchalantly tears up Yitzhak his passport. Yeah, what a what a dick. Well, yeah. I agree because uh, Phyllis consoles Yitzhak and is like, "What have you become, Hedvig? Mm-hmm. You've ruined this relationship between all of us." And three weeks later, Hedvig is a prostitute. Turning tricks. 
basically. In the trash section of an alley. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike Potter, who did Hedvig's hair and makeup for both the stage production and the movie, can be seen in drag in the scene where Tali picks Hedvig off of the street. So the oh, okay. prostitute opposite is the makeup designer of this film. That's cool. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, just so you know. And as the second call girl leaning against the wall, he was the given the drag name Renata Options Options, like you're out of options options, <laughs> uh, by John Cameron Mitchell. And then the limo shows up, and Tommy Gnosis is in it. He admits to taking everything that Hedvig's ever gave to him, and at the same time, he's kind of beat up by it. Mm. He feels like he's done wrong. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh i have to mention at this point uh demeter released a limited edition hedvig perfume in 2001 its scent has been described as having notes of powdery cosmetics motel rooms stale air cigarettes bathroom air and uh air freshener alcohol and is reminiscent of how your clothes would smell after a long night out mm-hmm. just so you know <laughs> um i know Basically, Tommy Gnosis is essentially like, I've done wrong, we're going to sing together. And Hedvig goes on this rant like, you said this wrong. It's supposed to be Osiris, not Osiris. Yeah, or The Cyrus. What, the Cyrus. what happened to the limo driver? Did they just send him home? They're rock stars. They don't need a, a limo driver. They can drive their own fucking limo. Also, was... Can, can we say this, that... uh was Tommy expecting to pick up a prostitute or just f- found out that Hedwig was here and wanted to like maybe make a mess? I think he was looking for Hedwig. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think he knew. She's been stalking him. I mean, following him throughout the whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that three weeks later he would show up in a limousine and pick up Hedwig. Yeah. Um, uh, the footage, so the two eventually get into a crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all over the news. And then Hedvig reveals her truth. Like, I've given this guy everything he's owned. Mm-hmm. It was only coincidental that we were in the limo together. I'm the real star here. The footage of Hedvig on the Rosie O'Donnell show, 1996, was shot when Hedvig and the Angry Inch was just an off-Broadway musical as a promotion for the show. Oh, wow. So when <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell holds up the Hedvig CD, it is a, com- a copy of the original off-Broadway cast recording. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And the date that Hedvig and Tommy are arrested for the accident is shown on the arrest photo as eight thirteen oh one, exactly forty years after the Berlin Wall was erected. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of good lot of detail. Tributes. Yeah, a lot of details in this film where you know where to look. Um, so Hedvig is now finally in the Bridgewater Times Square, and we get Hedvig's lament, an exquisite corpse. So as I said, Hedvig's lament is the only song loosely recorded, not live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that rough like I've been here all my life mm-hmm. uh, the very operatic song and then exquisite corpse which is more rage we get anger and forcibly removing drag um, and Hedvig eventually sells out and becomes Tommy Gnosis the man that she's feared yeah like, I don't know life. I, I suppose it's more like artistic choice where it's like trying to like see oneself I, I imagine of course it is yeah because like one, one thing is like Gets back is there and um uh, uh was it Phyllis right yeah. is there as well so it's like I guess is come out to support them. Thing is when gets back just like is there she just kind of or you know, just steps on stage and just you know, starts singing the backup vocals. 
and then yanks the mic out of Hedwig's hand for some reason? Well, I, I think it's more to get back at Hedwig. In the first song, she yanks the mic out of Yitzvak's hand, going like, you know, mm. um, you can't sing. I take away oh, your voice. I never, I didn't and, pick up on uh, that. The voice is a sort of power. And then Yitzvak does it, and Hedwig's like, oh shit, mm. I've neglected this person who's loved me my entire life. I should give the mic back to her. Okay. So she can transition as well. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it, it's very poetic, mm-hmm. just so you know. <laughs> uh, so singing to the other half, we get this Wicked Little Town reprise, and the band members are all dressed in white, and they all have their places on stage, and we get Midnight Radio, the last song in the piece. Hedvig gives Yitzhak her blonde wig and sings a song of triumph and solidarity with all the misfits and losers of the world. Uh, we get this brief animated sequence symbolizing the union of separated platonic halves leads to the final shot uh, but at the same time Yitzvak is you know released to become a woman mm-hmm. and sing this song while she's being carried by the crowd which is very poetic yeah like we've given this power over to you I've recognized myself my sexuality it's very interesting very poetic and then we get John's Cameron uh, John Cameron's <laughs> John Cameron Mitchell uh, going James down Cameron. an uh, James <laughs> yeah don't don't mess me up on my own <laughs> podcast. J- John Cameron Mitchell. We're almost there, John. Going down the alleyway, completely nude, into the crowd, accepting who he is as himself, mm. as Hedvig. Mm-hmm. And the film ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A very short, very sweet, very simple film. But I think it's very poetic, and I think we have a, a lot to talk about here. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I think we could get some discussion going on for a few minutes. I, I think so. I mean, like, uh, like, Go, I think like going through it was the smart way because you know there's some thought I have thoughts and some like speculation I have I have such thoughts <laughs> mo- mo- mostly Sister yeah. James I have such thoughts um, especially on the ending because as soon as I saw everyone dressed in white yeah I was assuming you know this is right after um, uh, the piece between uh, Hedwig and, and Tommy Tomiosis. yeah so it's 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 like almost like a nice like fond farewell to, to both of them as both like friends lovers artists and um possibly Tommy's career i suppose as well and because <laughs> this is also like why it's like it's just him singing and there's nobody else and it's just hedwig there so mm-hmm. hedwig hedwig <laughs> um and then so once we cut to remember everyone- my son absolute power corrupts absolutely that's right true like Hitler, <laughs> slap. <laughs> um, so, like, once everyone's dressed in white, so I'm assuming it can go both ways, or th- well, three ways, maybe actually. Um, where, way. where, <laughs> yeah. in this podcast, maybe all, all three of us <laughs> at the same time. time. I uh, hate you. Ah. <laughs> Uh, it could describe that. Oh, maybe Hedwig died. Maybe uh, Hedwig killed herself. Too many drugs. The drugs uh, got her. Be, so like, it's almost a way of like saying like, oh, what a way to go. Maybe wait he- till next amuse bush in two weeks. We'll we'll touch upon. But it. also like that goes in the fact where how like Hedwig uh, gives this power over to uh, uh, Yitzvak yeah. and becomes a woman. So it's almost as if like Hedwig Hedwig dies. Yeah. And then and so you're Yitzvak, thinking I'm so happy. <laughs> Yitzvak takes over so once you see Hedvig uh, like walk naked out of the alley it's if yeah. like this part of uh, of Hedwig is now 
walking out uh, oh. and this is where it's like yep i'm uh i'm who i am now i'm 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 hansel i'm hedvig i i can be whoever i want to be how i feel i'm so happy mark you can rejoin the podcast but, but the thing is though <laughs> by saying that i mean didn't ha- didn't hedvig always like think of uh, him or herself as a woman yeah, though I so by so. by stripping away the the makeup the hair the outfits what do you think that says though I, I mean, I'm not one to talk, you know, but I, I feel like she's giving Yitzvak the permission that she denied for so long. So she's like, almost, I'll take this back and you take over. Because now we're seeing like Hedvig's in the limelight, something that uh, she always wanted you know, for herself, you know, to make a name for herself, mm-hmm. to be somebody you know, of, uh, of name and virtue. So, but maybe it maybe it's not exactly what she wanted maybe or mm. no, but it is because it, it becomes from uh uh her growing up with uh, her fascination for rock and roll for music mm. so what happens then does does do we this become like maybe takes back the name hansel for uh, mm. uh his self and then becomes a true artist of of uh, his or her own right so I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's left up to interpretation for I, the audience. I, it's I, one of those art forms that which, doesn't tell you outright I, what happens. Which I dig. You know, I, I yeah. like I like how it's more of just like walks walks off into the distance and but oh, naked and nobody <laughs> and nobody notices. You know, no. as if because it's no like no one judges, no one notices. You become, it's America. You it's become, New York City. You become an unknown uh, <laughs> once more. So it's like another path of self discovery for like the next path that you're gonna lead off for yourself yeah. so i like it i like i uh, love the ending mm. it's a uh, it's very impactful i would say yeah and it happens the exact same way in the stage so just so you know yeah you know. Mm. uh yitz back is originally played by a woman they give her a wig and then she sings midnight radio and gets carried off by the audience while hedvig is in male drag wow the actual audience too yeah nice depending mm-hmm. on the production you know some <laughs> people might not be so handsy but in the Broadway production it happened yeah okay with Lena Hall this. yeah not Lena Dunham but Lena Hall <laughs> who was a great actress mm-hmm. just so you know nice yeah what did you think Matt uh, I liked what, it a lot what thoughts went through your film <laughs> your through film my memory. film <laughs> through your film memory <laughs> uh, pretty similar line of thinking um, I, th- I think toward the end especially uh, the idea of going out naked and just wandering like that with naked with uh, <laughs> that boy's naked in, in get the, naked boy I'll be shooting from my own hand <laughs> that's Merida from Brave I turned my mom into a bear never, and then oh she boy, ate a cake I never saw Brave I have not seen that in seven years well I know what our next pick is going to be <laughs> on the podcast when we get Disney month Pixar slash Disney Pixar month, month. Get ready for Pixar remakes. Get yeah, ready so to see watch up and get oh really boy. depressed. Get ready to see photorealistic Woody and Buzz. <laughs> Tom Hanks, he's never gonna yeah, leave. Pixar I've, porn. I've seen enough photorealistic Woody in my life. Oh my god, picture photorealistic uh, Slinky Dog. That's like nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, Detective Pikachu did it. <laughs> but Pikachu was cute. Yeah, that's true. I'd fuck Pikachu. Yeah. Where's Pikachu's oh. dick? We have, have we answered that question yet? From previous, <laughs> if only if Pikachu consented. Okay. Pika sent. Pika 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 consent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, back to the naked portion of the movie. Back to the butts. I, I think it was just him coming to terms and uh, accepting the angry inch and like not trying to hide, um, not trying to maybe conform to either like. Uh, 
the the stereotypical woman or female appearance, yeah. um, makeup and wigs, but you know, of course, not the male and either. Vigs. Sorry, you're gonna. Oh, say vi- it. Uh, it's a vigs. Vigs. Yeah, there you go. But uh, not not the, the male either. And the bitches. <laughs> and yeah, I I think now he is actually opening himself up to love in a, in a much more real way than he had experienced before. And, um, you know, once he could find someone who actually accepts all of him, like he now accepts all of himself, he'll, you could abandon that fear of rejection and uh, abandonment that he's kind of had for, for his life and growing up and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it was good, you know, poetic as well. It's, it's, it was very, well done. I, I agree with both of you. I think this is a short, simple, nearly perfect musical. Hmm. We'll probably get to a perfect musical sometimes on this rewatch. A perfect musical? No. The perfect musical. No, musical is perfect, John. You man of little faith. Is it? It's La La Land. It, I know. I it. was just going to mention it's not La La Land, having re listened to that today <laughs> and before our. Uh, is this our second musical? Well, we did Miami Connection. I guess. <laughs> if only. Miami Connection, the musical. So our third yeah. musical. But I think our my next musical pick might be the perfect musical, just wow. so you know. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think it's going to come next. But I think eventually I will pick a musical that is what I define as perfect. Uh, this is nearly there. It's short, simple, short, simple, short, <laughs> simple, and to the point. Um, I agree with both of your, you know, connections on Hedvig, how they... Or she gave herself up for love mm-hmm. that she lacked in her childhood. And I agree with that. So I appreciate that I've taken two Hedvig virgins and given them <laughs> a taste of this piece. So I think it's time to officially consider what is our pizza rating for this film? Our final rating for the film, 8 out of 8 pizza slices being the max. 1 out of 1 being the lowest <laughs> pizza slice. I thought 0 was the lowest. No no could you have yeah. no pizza? What a world that would be. Well, that's how bad the movie's got to be. What a world to imagine I, no pizza would, in our I lives. Cons- I would consider maybe a, a piece of crust would, would be like a, 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 <laughs> Just a, a point, piece of crust. A point one. Crust. Yeah, a, a garlic nut. <laughs> yeah, a garlic nut. <laughs> hey, a garlic nut might be better than a pizza in some that's, regards. That, that piece of chicken that's on your buffalo chicken uh, pizza. One, one and pepperoni. Ranch. Please say it's ranch. Oh, not ranch. <gasps> Actually, no, I've had ranch buffalo, so I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Chicken bacon well, ranch. Well, you've just saved yourself on this podcast. Welcome back, <laughs> being that you're not opposed to buffalo ranch pizza. <laughs> Mine and Matt's favorite slice of pizza. Yeah, well, chicken right bacon now. ranch for me. Yeah, whatever, that's yeah, what Similar enough. Yeah, you know, add the extra bacon, you'll be fine. <laughs> well, what do we think? Should I go first? It's my movie, I guess. What? Here I go. <laughs> Nobody's stopping him. Um, I give this 8 out of 8 pizza slices. Ooh. I'm biased. <laughs> Nearly perfect musical. I think it's short, sweet, to the point. I think it's well acted. I think it's well executed. And I think it's not enough in the cultural zeitgeist to be appreciated fully. I think a lot of people have not seen this film slash musical and cannot appreciate it to its fullest extent. Mm-hmm. Um, Hedvig and the Angry Inch teaches us that we should love ourselves for what we are. And that, you know, you shouldn't put a bra on a dryer because it'll warp. <laughs> eight out of eight pizza yeah. slices. Bang, bang. Nice. <laughs> I'm, uh... uh, uh, uh you go. Uh, you go. Fight, you go right, first. Fight, fight, I'm, uh... I'm, I'm still a little bit between my two scores. They're, yeah, they're very close. But I guess this movie... 
for a while, I didn't think it was simple. After watching it, I'm still not sure it was. I think maybe like the main message was, but the way it's presented, it feels like there are a lot of uh, spinning plates. Um, maybe Which like I love. yeah, yeah, it's good. I, but I think maybe the one knock I would have against it is that it, it there are so many things it has to focus on that I'm not sure it gives all of those uh, uh, their due until later on in the film, like when it when everything really comes together, especially like the parts with Yitzvak. I think they're kind of uh, they're thrown in there, they're sprinkled in there at the beginning, and then kind of underserved for the rest of it. But then they come back in full force at the end, and yeah, some of the more serious stuff, or the serious emotional stuff is uh, presented kind of casually, but in the beginning, like especially the stuff with the sergeant. Um, Luther. Luther. Oh, sergeant Luther, Luther. darling. <laughs> Heaven knows I only tried on women clothes, except for once my mother's camisole. <laughs> Even his big, you know, abandonment of uh, Hedvig is treated pretty casually and and loosely and it's almost fun it's like almost comical to watch play it's out. intelligent you gotta you gotta keep up with this movie <laughs> yeah um and i i was thinking if the movie kind of continues along that vein it would be a bit of a shame because i think they could go to more poignant places um but definitely by the end i think they do and it's it's uh it pays off completely at that point the ending Maybe a tiny bit long. I think just because of the musical numbers. <gasps> Which ones? I need to know. Uh, well, now that we're on mic, I have to know. There were like three or four in a row. I mean, they were all yeah. good. It just, you didn't like Midnight Radio? No, I um, liked them. I think that uh, just, Exquisite just Corpse it, and Hedvig's Lament, the yeah. last three songs. It just made it go on a little bit long. <gasps> I think that was just... Long? This too, is a short musical. I think One act, sh- no intermission. It is short, but I think you You have, sat like, through Moby Dick and you called <laughs> this long? Well, I feel like the Tommy Nosa stuff had such like action and uh, impetus like behind it, mm-hmm. such momentum. And then it, it does kind of stop, like, right after the car crash. Um, and then it, it's... But it's only, like, a short 15 minutes after the car crash. Yeah, but it's really just, like, a big come down from where we were before. <sighs> but All right. It's still good, though. Yeah. And I like it. Um, I mean, I did like this movie a lot. I guess I'll split the difference. I was between a 6.7 and a 6.9. I'll give it a 6.8. All right. Eight. I'll take that. One day I'll perfect you, Matt Cabrera. One day I'll get an idea. <laughs> well, I, I think this definitely merits a rewatch. Yeah, I see how you've rewatched it so many times. Eleven times this summer. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's good, and I would like to see it again pretty soon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on the same vein as both of you. I really like this movie. I'm happy I finally got to saw it, uh, see it. Uh, rather, <laughs> I, I got to saw it, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Boy, it's it's very it's very intelligent in terms of its wordplay and intelligent. I like that. And yeah. it's uh, uh, how it comes across in its story development and how it like, really like tells you uh, the upbringing of uh, of Hedwig and uh, where it really goes and uh, Hedwig's goals and it's 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 very good. I love the music too. The music really deserves a, a more consistent listen. Uh, outside of the movie and um yeah you know it's i i I really dig it i really i really love it i um i'm only talking about Shaq. yeah i can dig it um but yeah you know it's uh it's it's very well done indie flick too and uh yeah like you said short sweet to the points um 
and yeah I, I don't really have much more to say about it it's, it's uh I think I want to give it maybe a solid seven out of eight slices. Oh my God, I have achieved it. It's a, it's a, it's a very it's a very good movie. I totally recommend it, and I and uh, by any means I can, I'm going to try to find the the Broadway version of it. There's like three versions. Well, there's the Darren, there's Darren Chris as well. I mean, he took over. I, for, I do for like Darren page. Chris in this. Um, I think it was Darren Chris. John Cameron Mitchell came back to the Broadway version. There was uh, Neil Patrick Harris. There's Mimi I first famous drag queen that did it, and then there's the John Cameron Mitchell off-Broadway production of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But I, I'm not an expert on this musical or anything, <laughs> no. just so you know. I couldn't tell. It, it's a it's a good show, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, with it, that... I think in a better world, this is uh, more popular than Rent. Oh, yeah, by <laughs> miles. But I got the... Um, what production does he go to? The Guam production? Yes. Of Rent? Yeah, the Broadway Cruise... Yeah, it's Angel. Polynesian I don't know tour. who. Is, well, I guess Guam. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. think America would ever do a, a cruise version of Rent. It's well, that'd be too much. I'm not going to say Rent. I'd is jump gonna, off the boat. <laughs> I'm not going to say Rent is a future watch on this podcast, but maybe if me and Matt can collaborate and get a Rent Live bootleg no. going up for, I'm from sure Mark it, to no, watch, no, we do, Hulu. and just uh, we we do a, a live commentary of Rent Live. Ooh, uh, That's a rough time MS, for me. MSK three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> It's a press play when, uh, what's it called? Rent Live begins. Press F to pay respects. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, I I got to mention in terms of, uh, or for Hedvig again, um, I feel like when I was talking about it just now, I was knocking it because everything else basically don't that I- Don't knock it if you don't try it. Everything that I didn't mention worked and it worked very well. Mark brought up the wordplay, thought it was fantastic. The writing um, in general is really, really good and- uh, I did get like Broadway show stage production vibes from it, um, and the I, I looked away from the screen for one second, but I think like Hedvig's diary uh, with all the illustrations on it that was on toilet paper, right? Yeah. Okay, I really like that touch. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of she had like Fidel Castro, the Pope, yeah, <laughs> her <laughs> a, father, just a bunch of small touches Raping like that her. that yeah. really make this uh, world come alive. And uh, yeah, I just, all the I people who've really come upon me come alive. <laughs> uh, gotta dig it. All right. Well, with that, I'm gonna go last. But where can our audience research, find you, stalk you? Maybe on social media. Uh, you can find me over at uh, mzbro junior over on Instagram or uh, man who wears hats over on Twitter or follow my video game podcast inside the gamer stronghold which will be getting a relaunch within the next week or so so stay tuned for that I mean I'll be this listening. this episode won't go up for <laughs> probably until like the end of August but uh I will have already have uh episodes up by if then. you could see the look I'm giving mark right now I'm giving him a look <laughs> I want to hear more mm-hmm. maybe invite me Maybe. I've played, I've played Who knows? Games. I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Nice. You I'm qualify. Not hap- well, it's as long as Persona, so I'm nowhere near done. But yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll never get around to a Fire Emblem. Not for me. Why not? I don't know. There, I, I think you'd like them. I don't. Them. I don't, I don't this know. one's almost like Persona. I don't know a thing wow. about Fire Emblem. It's the first, I don't know dog. I don't, I don't, I don't think they really I don't know follow. dog shit from <laughs> this state. I don't think they follow yeah. each other though, right? They like don't. They're separate. They, they really don't. I have no interest. Fair. But it's just like Persona. I, there's a lot of games like Persona. <laughs> like Persona. Maybe I, maybe I can just play Persona. <laughs> Wait for the new Persona and then play that. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Persona for Switch. <laughs> 
That ain't happening. Don't fuck with me, Matt. <laughs> you can find me uh, at on August 13th. Um, I don't know if maybe this will be up by then. Maybe you'll just have missed it. If so, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be performing at a Bilge Waters Elizabeth. Uh, and, I see uh, what you did there. No, yeah. please come down and check it out. <laughs> yeah. That's it for me. You can find me losing my mind, JK, on Instagram, drinking read JK on Twitter. Or you can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, where we go from Miyazaki works to the works of Satoshi Kon versus Mamoru. Ooh. Who will win? So We're watching Perfect Blue. Oh, that's that's a name that should not be unfamiliar to loyal listeners. It'll be the same episode, <laughs> JK. <laughs> same notes, baby. I did it there. Damn but, it. But listen to it. I'm sure. We'll have a different flavor on that because uh, me and Dan Ryan discussing that on the podcast. Follow us there and please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Nightcaps at the Theater. We appreciate it. We know you're listening out there, whoever you may be, because I can't listen that many times on a podcast. <laughs> and before we go, I have a choice for Matthew Cabrera. Uh oh. Matthew Cabrera, person I love and care for dearly. Hmm. You got a choice before you. Okay. Before, I take hell. Before we go into the horror fest that is uh, commissioned by none other than Mark Zebo Jr. hey <laughs> I have the notes set up for another episode. You know, mm. all set up before me. Okay. Perfectly aligned. We can record any day of the week. But it is technically your choice. And we are technically still in summer loving unless you change that category. So I'm going to give you the choice. Do you give us a hint now? Do you want to take the movie? Or do you forfeit it over to John the Quickowski? <laughs> I mean, I do love power. Just Let's so you know. see. He's decided. I'm going to have to keep the audience on its toes. Because, uh... <gasps> I don't have a choice in. Fr- I don't have a, a pick in front of me right now. But if I come up with one soon, I'll uh, spring it on you. All right. But it's very possible that I don't. <laughs> so should I give my hint now then? Hmm. Should we leave them hintless? I think no. No, no? we've done it before. I'm not gonna do that to our audience that <laughs> listen to us so religiously. That's right. Hmm. All five of you. Should I give my hint? If I give my hint, it's solidified. And I don't want to take this choice from you. Can we go through another John Kwiatkowski pick two in a row? It's up to you, baby. That's why I gave you the choice. You got to decide on air now! (gasps) A hint. A hint. Hmm. What are movies? Oh, no. (laughs) He's in this phone. Shake it to the left. Shake it to the right. Let's see, let's see. Baby all on. Watch movies tonight. So, Mark, how have you been? Summer oh, I've been good. Yeah. Uh, you know. Lost 22 pounds. Yeah. Little, not little, eating anything diet. A little tired. A little depressed. Maybe. That's okay. We'll learn more about it on our Moose Bush segment. What movies you watched <laughs> that made you so depressed? Oh. All right. <gasps> I've come to a conclusion. Oh. I googled uh, Summer Lovin'. It did not bring me anything I wanted. <laughs> so I'm going to hand it over to you, John. Yeah, baby. <laughs> this is what I exactly what I wanted. Okay. As much as I hate it. So my next hint to you is 
You owe me $200. And that's it. Hmm. Okay. You owe me $200. Not including the audience, of course. You don't owe us anything. Thank you for listening. That's for our Patreon goals. Yeah. (laughs) What? I'm not taking care of a Patreon. Listen, I'm telling you, we can get the money. Then why don't you... Can't keep doing this. Take for care free. of it, Mark. I gotta talk to those producers. Why don't Why don't you fund that? <laughs> they do take a. And then I'll take the money. No problem. You keep the money, Oscar. <laughs> you keep the money. Oh, Oscar. You keep the money. Pet the kitty. It's very nice. Oh, Susie. <laughs> well, with that audience, I'm sorry for taking Matt's pick, but it's been decided on national channels. <laughs> it's mine now. You owe me $200 next time on Nightcaps at the Theater. I'll get you next time. Gadget. I'll, I'll get you next time, Gadget. That's why you're still on the podcast, Mark. Well, I could do voices. All right, you bunch of movie-loving booze hounds, it's last call. You heard me, last call. What do you mean? Who do you think you are? It's me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, your resident nightcaps at the theater co-host, bartender, movie podcast curator, and pretentious cinema snob. Nightcaps at the theater, yeah, that's right. Oh, you heard of it. Well then, friend, let me top you off. It's thanks to people like you that this little show of ours can make it into the final reel week to week. How else could Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction? Or Matt create a new internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI? We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cult classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie monstrosities? Then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating, reviewing, and for goodness sake, subscribing, well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some cha-cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough, though. But put that wallet away. This last nightcap is on us. 